Welcome to Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. I am L.A. Darren Karp, and we've wow. got Marilyn John Thrasher. You know, mm. when you're in L.A., you have to be so proud of where you're from, so you have to, like, say where you're from. So, like, that's okay. what I am doing now. You know, like, oh, I took okay. the 10 to the 405 to the 1 to the 2 to the 3, oh, and I got boy. here. And here's where I am now, guys. I am in L.A. doing my first wow. official Shaken and Disturbed episode from L.A., and it feels different it does feel different and it looks different i want to mention if you're watching this episode on our patreon if you're a sussy radish darren's background is a little different this week Uh, and let me tell you something it's not that interesting but we will be interesting but i had to do like this moderating panel between captain sandy and nadine for out at nbcu Mm -hmm. and it was on monday and the movers had just come on sunday so i just like rested my laptop on top of a wardrobe box and just (laughs) made it a standing desk and so you do what you gotta do I'm not even going to show you the floor. You're lucky that this section right here I've cleared off, but like right here is all mess. So oh, I've, boy. I've tried to make it um, well, that's, as yeah. nice as possible for you guys. But well, that's thank under- you for the well wishes to LA. Of course, of course. Of course. Sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to say that's understandable in your first week, of course, in yeah. in your new apartment. And if you want to hear Darren talk ex- extensively about her experience you can listen to our nmr episode that's up on patreon right now yes we've we've got a we've got a big kind of case today to discuss and this was much promised after but like (laughs) two weeks or something um so we're gonna today we're talking about the curious case of natalia grace which was originally an id show but then i think you know much like when things kind of go on netflix like they repopularize it because not everyone has cable and not everyone kind of when you don't have cable you miss the curiosity of just flipping through a channel and like it's discovering something like as much as I love streaming and as much as there's so many options now, yeah, I have a hard time cord cutting because I like the yeah. spontaneity of finding something. And so I do too. Yeah, I think that's probably why people didn't really start talking about this case so much until it kind of came to. Well, max. yeah. Yeah. Um, you just reach more people on streaming these days, you know? Yeah. You just reach more people on streaming. Um, And so this is kind of what got me into it. You know, people would kind of come up to me like, hey, have you heard of that case? And I'd see these headlines (laughs) of, you know, a a girl who has dwarfism, you know, who was a little person um, who also had something more than being just a little person. She had some sort of genetic defect or genetic dysplasia, dysplasia, something like that. So it was even more than just dwarfism. Yeah. more than just a little person, which I believe is the PC correct term, because I yes. think that's what they use in the doc. But um, it kind of blew my mind away. And so I had to start it. And I just want to say disclaimer before we start, uh, Michael and Christine, if you haven't seen this, you might want to watch it and then listen to this because it could get a little confusing as we're talking about it, because still after six episodes, I'm fucking confused. But Me Michael, too. <laughs> and, Michael and Christine, who are the adoptive parents of Natalia Grace at the time, Michael was found not guilty in a court of law, which this case does kind of go through. And then Christine was actually never charged. Her case was dropped for some unknown reason. Um, And it's just, it's important to frame this all as allegedly because Natalia Grace is coming out with her own response to this on ID sometime later this year. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that. We're going to have to recap that as it kind of goes. Oh, yeah. John, did you finish it? Of course. Absolutely. I finished it. And let me tell you this. So Darren hyped this up, you guys. You know, she's like, John, you gotta watch it. So many twists and turns. And and I got through the first two episodes first in my first sitting or whatever. And I texted Darren and I was like, you were dead on. This show is crazy. I can't believe what I'm watching. Um, and we're gonna recap kind of like 
episode by episode what went down and give our opinions on what what is being claimed uh throughout the episode mainly by michael barnett he's kind of like the main person that has you know he's the one that sat down and was interviewed i should say yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah it was quite a well, quite by a the story. way he only gets more and more bizarre as... every minute of the uh, of this as it goes on and yeah. this unlike other docs i find and granted we're going to go into it but this and the other docs yeah. it takes you on a roller coaster after every single Beyond. episode i'd be like do i feel bad for natalia grace or do i not did well, she that's... fix you know what how am i and i and i want to get to my final thoughts at the end of how i think about sure. everything as we go sure. down it but this was one of the only docs i can really honestly say like it took me for a loop it, it did. really took me for a loop and the crimes that are being are that are occurring throughout this this show uh are shocking in a in a sense you know well let's let's get into it let's i'll start us off with episode one at least so yeah essentially it it sets up the story maybe you guys have heard about this it was a couple several years ago at this point but it was kind of a big headline when it was all unfolding which is that michael and christine barnett are a couple in indiana and they adopted what they think is a six-year-old girl from ukraine via an adoption agency correct so not uncommon you know and and my first reaction is like but they already had three sons right they already had three boys and so like you know and they kind of described michael as this guy who had fast cars and he had like a lamborghini and things were going well you know it was in the midwest and things were going well for them and so they kind of said like we have the means to go kind of help another life why not why not why not this this person right yeah, and I don't know if this was even mentioned in the doc or not, but I was like, maybe they, after having three boys, they wanted a girl. Sure. Maybe they couldn't have, you know, that's not mentioned, and I have no idea if that's even what happened. But, you know, they did have three boys, as Darren mentioned, which I can only imagine is a handful um, yeah. with three boys. So they adopt this, they adopt Natalia, who suffers from a certain type of dysplasia, which is a rare form of dwarfism. So not only does she have this dwarfism, but the dysplasia is connected to a spinal deformity. I hope I'm saying everything correctly here. So she has a little bit of a, like a developmental problem with her, her skeletal system on top of also having dwarfism. They do say, I believe the doctor had said in this doc that about 3,500 people in the world have this. And so out of 8 billion people, yeah, yeah, this is, this is super rare. Um, and oddly enough, they find another person with this exact same sort of dysplasia, but, um, yeah, it's a super rare disorder. You obviously you can live with it, but it comes with, you know, she's only three feet tall. It does come with it. She has trouble to walk. You have to get special shoes. So this does come with sort of, um, you know, a lot of things to overcome, not things that you can't, but it's definitely a harder life. And I think that that kind of goes into all of this as we're kind of building this character of who Natalia is. Exactly. And, and you know, that's really the, the first episode really just kind of sets everything up for you. Um, the two things that really stood out to me with episode one, number one is, first of all, the adoption agency. I'm like, and I don't know, I have zero expertise in adoption. The only stuff I know about adoption is what Rosie O'Donnell has shared in her adoption journey of her five children. I, I, I'm not claiming- Five kids. She does have five kids, yeah. Um, wow. But what I do, what I'm trying to understand is like, if an adopt, and we'll get into why this is a problem, but, you know, the the, the situation is Natalia's adopted. She's quote unquote six years old, according to the papers. 
And then the adoption agency is like, see you later, you know, done here, nothing to see here, got to go. And I don't, maybe this is for later on in the conversation, actually, but I, I was just surprised that the adoption agency was not more of a focal point of this whole series. I I, I thought the same. Oh, first off, it made it seem like Natalia had been adopted prior. Oh, that's right. I forgot about To that. a family that they don't really talk about. And we don't know why. I, I, they did sort of allege that there was a little bit of abuse going on. and With so a prior was, family, yeah. She was returned, if you will. Um, I They didn't really go into depth about that, and I thought that was kind of important. But, you yeah. know, I also kind of chalked it up to, like, listen, this happened in, what, 2008, I believe? Sounds about right. Something yeah, like that. somewhere in there, yeah. Um, so not too long ago, obviously there's digital records of things, but I also kind of chalked it up to like, especially when you're adopting from a foreign country, especially a girl with dwarfism, especially if the place might've been poor, uh, the adoption agency might've just been happy to kind of have a successful adoption rather than anything kind of going on here. You know, it's unclear. They don't really have a lot of the records, you know. That's what makes it so unclear about this entire thing with exactly. the birth certificate birth certificate, and not being within the United States, I think does create a few complications right. because that's my point, you know, so it th- things, things are a little odd and it sort of ends, correct me if I'm wrong. Episode one sets the scene for who Michael and Kristen are, who, th- who are the adopted parents, Christine, mm-hmm. Christine. Yeah. Michael is being, Michael is the one kind of being interviewed. So in automatically in my producer brain, I'm like, okay, something's up with Christine. Either Christine is not alive because they can't interview her. Well, that's, yes, I was going to say that. Yeah. Or (laughs) she's on trial or didn't want to Something else has happened. But Michael and Christine are not together. Like in my mind, I was like, something is going down with this. I had the same thought. And only only one of the sons was interviewed, not the other two. And, so and that not only that, also that, put something in my mind. You the know? other two boys had their faces blurred. So it's like, well, what's Correct. going on with that? And I will also admit, too, this was the other thing I forgot to mention. I had no idea if there was a murder, if somebody died, if there was, you know, I, I went into this whole show like completely blinded other than there's a girl who is apparently not her age. So anyway, that's yeah. pretty much episode one, right? We can move yeah, into I, 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 at the <clears throat> end of episode one, I do remember thinking Natalia seems, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Like Natalia seems crazy. You know, she seems like yeah. she, she's, she's a serial killer. Like, oh my God, like, yeah. you know, she might be, a, she might be a little person or whatever, but she has anger yeah. issues, you know, and the parents are kind of talking about how she's not to be trusted, you know, that she's. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm also thinking like, holy hell, imagine like adopting, like I always think about like, imagine your kid being a serial killer. Imagine your kid yeah. having some sort of neurological <clears throat> disorder that causes them to be a little bit of a psychopath or something like that. Like yeah. that has to be heartbreaking. And it's also like, how do you handle that? What do you do? Does this person just need love? Does this person just need therapy? Yeah. What could it possibly be? And so you kind of end episode one feeling for Michael and Christine, yeah, you know, exactly, and you're like, yes. Look at these good people adopting someone from another country and they get handed this like, oh, man, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking at some of my notes that I was taking while I was listening or watching the show. Um, One of my notes is I'm fucking scared by the end of this episode because I forgot to mention throughout this episode, we're hearing about how Natalia would stand at the foot of the bed with a knife. This is all 
coming from Michael, you know, so we have to keep that very much in mind as we go through this episode. And she, and when he confronts her about it, she's just like, yeah, well, I was here to kill you. Yeah. Like she she's was, so matter of fact, which to me also says, and granted, well, this is all alleged. I was just going to say, wait, let's this be is, careful here. But yeah. in the, but at this point in the story, we don't know we this. Think and this, this is yes. what's so confusing about this is because right. everything is alleged. By Natalia, it's alleged. Mm-hmm. By Michael and Christine, it's alleged. Everything is alleged because we obviously don't have camera footage of this. Right. Although, you know, within a family, you know, there's, there's issues to be had. Um, I'm thinking, like, on the one hand, she's three feet tall. Like, what could what the sheer the, strength of yeah. me, you know, overpowering this person? Like there is a little bit of a she seems more vulnerable than I would be. And Michael you know? talks about that too. He tries to say that she, even though she's only three feet tall and uses her arms for everything, she's really strong. She can handle. And I was like, eh, yeah, eh. I, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Although you know, it is scary. Like it is scary if someone was you know coming at the foot of your bed. And when he says that she's the thing that really kind of ticked my red flag meter was when he said that she was so calm in delivering this of like, Oh, I'm here to kill you. Like a six year old kind of being able to capability of kind of doing that just didn't add up. Like it just didn't seem right. And so episode two is where it gets really hairy. And Oh oh boy. Oh, Uh, and it starts off. And basically this is where, I would say the curious part of the doc kind of comes in because this is where this seeds the entire doubt, right? That there's yeah. always going to be reasonable doubt in this case because no one has any clear idea. But while giving her a bath, Kristen is shocked, calls Michael in and notices that Chris Christine uh, notices pubic hair on Natalia. And six-year-old having pubic hair, it's not like it's impossible because everyone kind of matures differently. You know, some people have boobs when they're nine, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't start having boobs until I was like 15. And so it's Same. just kind, kind of have, yeah, well, you're yeah. still crying. Yours, well, baby. Um, just kind of development. And then I'm thinking, okay, six is a little early, but with her dwarfism or dysplasia, perhaps it makes her body grow in certain different ways. Who knows, you know, like right. it's yeah. not that unheard of in that, you know, and of course these people like WebMD this shit and they're like on Google and it's like, oh, just eight to 14 or something. You can develop pubic hair. So automatically they're like, she's not six. She's right. an adult. And, I, and this is Michael. We should again reiterate. This is Michael's side of the story given to this documentary how this exactly unfolded for Natalia, nobody will ever probably know except Natalia. But the sto- as the story goes, this is when they got really worried that they had been scammed somehow by right. this adoption agency. They also right. noticed, by the way, in episode one that Natalia knew no knew nothing about Ukraine and did not speak any Ukrainian. Didn't have an accent. Didn't have didn't an have, accent. Would just you know, anytime someone would kind of come near her, talk about Ukraine, she had no idea. I mean, again, she's six, so right. or allegedly six. And also, when they're interviewing Michael, just know that they interview Michael in two different points. They interview him in 2019, and then they interview him in 2022. So it's kind of like right, pre-trial, exactly. post-trial, and so right. most of the interviews are conducted from him in 2019, and you can absolutely see a difference. And who knows what's to be believed by him, you know, and especially at this point. And so, yeah, you know, Michael also claims that she has her period, uh, which pretty rare to have your period at that young of an age, but again, not impossible. I mean, it certainly wouldn't, it might make my red flag go up, but like, it's also not something that's like out of this world. 
crazy. But, but yeah, different. but you but do like, sort of understand where they're coming from, at least from Michael's point of view, that maybe things aren't exactly what they were told at the very least, right? Especially with dwarfism, it's kind of yeah. hard to tell, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. what how she looks. You know, they have like dental records of these types of things, and so you can always tell when someone has baby teeth versus adult teeth. But it's just really hard to tell. And this entire episode, they're painting this picture of Natalia being this force for evil. You know, right, she's right. evil. Every opportunity she wants to kill them. She's trying to put, what is it, bleach in their coffee. Pledge or something in the coffee. Pledge in the coffee. There's the they, altercation at the milking farm where. Which they describe twice in right, the stock. And the right. first time it's brought up, I guess their younger son, who's like a genius or whatever, is obsessed with cows. And so they go to this farm and, you know, to milk the cows and have a good time. And Michael walks away with his three sons. Christine stays back with Natalia. And during the tour of this, they talk about this electric fence, essentially for the cattle to kind of stay in. It's electric fence. And they were like, don't go near it. It'll immediately kill you. And Michael describes Natalia's ears and eyes just like perking up and lighting up at the idea of this electric fence, you know, as being sort of this opportunity to kill someone. And, you know, Michael goes off with the boys to go on a little bit of a hike. Christine is shouting and screaming that Natalia is trying to drag her. Again, she's three feet tall. Mm -hmm. Drag her. And she could be strong. I'm not saying that three feet, like they couldn't beat me in a wrestling match, but just like the the sheer size of someone is really, really important here. And we talk about this a lot with different genders. Yeah. You know, males versus females, that the average male is going to overpower the average female, not in every case, but in general, that's just true because of how our bodies are built. Yeah. And, you know, Christine sort of is describing how Natalia is like dragging her to this electric fence in order to kill her. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that later in this series, Michael describes that scene years later in the same documentary with the same producers very differently. So Very differently. So and we don't like, know that yet. We only yeah, know we don't this. Yet, yeah. So we only know this. She ends up going to the hospital, apparently, uh, Natalia. When she's at the hospital, allegedly she's offering sexual favors for money, according to this is Michael, like a mental institution. She goes to the hospital right. for this. Yeah, Sorry, she's yes. very promiscuous, which is another sign of them being like, six-year-old being that promiscuous you yeah. know blatantly so very overly sexualized yeah feels but, wrong they have a couple people say that this happened outside of just michael and christine that's what the doc doesn't really do yeah. a good job yes of because i it agree creates so many fucking questions about and what the hell is going on but certainly from where i'm sitting after episode two i'm like natalia is not six natalia's I would say so. Yeah. At that point, an I'm adult thinking at she's, some point, you know, yeah, totally an adult with an understanding of what sexuality is and what, you know, how to use it to her benefit in a situation where, you know, cause I guess some of the people she's offering some of the male sex, some of the male hospital workers sex for money. They basically tell, you know, the hospital, the psychiatric areas basically tell the Barnett's you got to come get, you get her out of here because uh, the male professionals here can't control themselves, which I found very ridiculous um, that that would be like a problem that Natalia's family has to deal with and not the hospital. But that okay. set off something to me, too, because I'm thinking, OK, if you're in like a mental institution, yes, I understand that, like, obviously controlling people's actions are you know, going to be the number one kind of 
it's like girl interrupted, right? It's going to be sort of this number one problem at a place like this, you know, they have compulsions or they have thoughts and, you know, they can't help themselves, which is true, right? Like that's true, especially for men who are in there for some reason, you know, have this, you know, testosterone filled strength. They probably (laughs) don't know how to control themselves. Maybe some of them are are pedophiles. We don't know. Like you're sort of made to believe that essentially Natalia is throwing herself on these dudes who are incapable of being able to control themselves. And that is a problem in and of itself. Yeah. Which is very strange. By the way, we should mention Darren, I forgot to mention this at the top. Beth Karras is the legal expert throughout this episode, and we had she a chance to work with her. So yeah. familiar we to interviewed me, and her. I was like, I was like, did we interview Beth? We Karras? interviewed Beth. She looked so familiar. Yes, she was on an episode of Martinis and Murder, and she was also the legal expert on the Jessica Chambers uh, series. That's if you right. remember that show back in the day. Um, so Darren and I have done so many, uh, so many interviews at this point. But Beth Karras, by the way, who is, I will say this. One of the most intelligent people. And I remember like when we interviewed her and then we actually did some other things at Oxygen Digital with her. She was just, she was not there to get famous. She was not there to, you know, whatever, which let's be honest, sometimes people do this in true crime. She was there to offer her expertise. She did it perfectly. She did it well. I really liked her. And so when she popped up in this one, I was like, yes, Beth Karras is on this. Really, It was kind of the only voice of honesty and reason of just like, here's what we know and here's what we can prove in court. And so she's sort of this, this like barometer of kind of how I'm trusting definitely what is coming out of these people's fucking mouths, because (laughs) you know, it's not just, it's not just Michael that they're interviewing in the sun, you know, they're also interviewing Natalia's neighbors. And Mm -hmm. overall, this picture that they're kind of painting is that, yeah, Natalia is troubled. Very troubled. According to them, according to them. So, Let's go through a little bit more here of episode two, because at this point, I think the Barnett's, Christine and Michael are at a point where they're just like, what in the world is going on? We have to get to the bottom of this. They try to go back to the adoption agency in this sketchy, like rundown old mall. And they're like, it's a closed, it's a closed adoption. The other family doesn't want to surrender any information, but, and I thought this was amazing. The secretary at the, if that's what we're calling that person, I think that's an outdated term these days, but that's what they say, um, says that, you know what, Michael, we can't tell you where she's from, but look a little closer at the luggage that came, that she was provided with. Right. And you go back and you see that the original family's names are on the tags in the luggage that was given with Natalia. So anyway, investigators basically in Ukraine try to get a hold of her mother and you know, at some point she says something along the lines of like, I've been dealing with her for 17 years, which gives off the impression then that she must be 17, at least at this point in the series. Right. Um, They're doing the math. And yeah, she's saying that this is, you know, they talk to the mother and again, this is all on the phone and it's, it, it yeah, is the yeah. mother. They do eventually get her on Skype, but that, yeah, she's been dealing with her for 17 years. And that is what sparks yeah. also that Natalia might not be who she says exactly that she is. And to also keep in mind in this episode, they're talking about Natalia's behavioral issues, which are only making it worse for the audience to kind of get this impression. You know, she's torturing the other sons, you know, yeah. she'll shit her pants, rub the shit on her, her sons, their son, their, their, her quote unquote brother's face yeah. in a car, create a fit, 
you know, try and embarrass it, trying to embarrass Mm -hmm. Michael and Christine with this. And so, you know, as an audience member taking it in, and I'm usually pretty skeptical about everything. I'm just like, this seems to me like a girl who was probably, and a lot of adopted people I know feel this way, feels rejected, a young age, she's going to this new country she doesn't know about, who knows what she's kind of going through, you know, and she's got behavioral issues. She needs help. That's what I'm thinking. That's what we're thinking. Exactly. This is what Michael specifically is sharing with us about the situation with Natalia. So anyway, episode two gets really crazy. And then we move into episode three. Episode three is when we get to the point where we start talking about getting her re-aged, which is a new term I had never heard of. So basically what happens is they go to the doctor and then they go to the... And this is really the linchpin of the case. It is. It really is. This is is the pivot in the the case, yeah. At this point, without even a hearing, a judge apparently re-ages Natalia, which apparently is somewhat common, especially in international adoptions, where, frankly, probably Americans can't get their hands on international legislation or birth certificates or any kind of documents. Right. So based on what the doctor allegedly says, the judge then officially re-ages Natalia from whatever age she was to not not being born in 2003, which is what the original allegation was from the, right. the, uh, the, the adoption agency, to being born in 1989, right. thus making her 22 years old at this which time. Which is huge. Okay, yeah. this, is, this is massive because this is the difference between charging someone as an adult who knows what they're doing. You know, if if Natalia has all the allegedly has all these behavioral issues, it's one thing to be six years old when you have this. It's another thing entirely different to be 22. And now Christine and Michael can treat her as a full blown adult. And the fact that, right. You know, they don't get a a hold of the birth certificate. The fact that they're just kind of going with hearsay essentially on, on what it is. And doctors not even being able to pinpoint it. You know, even like her dental records, I, I'm just kind of shocked at the haphazardness of which case this this was stated, because this is huge. I mean, if yeah. someone told me right now and, you know, that I was really 54, <laughs> you know, it, it, that would right. change my whole life. Oh, of course it would. Yeah, it's a, it's a very weird feeling. But as you just made, as you just pointed out, so basically what happens from there is Christine's like, oh, you're 22 not my problem anymore. I'm your biologic or I'm your adoptive parents time to get you out on out in the real world as they right. say. So Christine goes and sets her up in, a, uh, in an apartment at a little like kind of mini apartment complex with like what I don't know eight or so uh, uh, apartments within the complex in a lower socioeconomic place yeah. but they describe it as being super convenient you know it's got a a bank it's got a grocery That's store right. it's got things that she can she's not just stranded there. She's got things to like help her life. Cause they make it seem, Michael makes it seem like they still care about her. They just want, you know, they set her up with an apartment based on the social security payments that she's receiving. Right. Exactly. Things like that. Exactly. So essentially what happens in this moment at this particular apartment complex is Natalia sort of wreaks havoc on the neighborhood, often walking into houses without knocking. She's walking in, looking for food and Sometimes was, she'll just go in there without anyone being home. Yeah. Every time a neighbor comes home, she comes out of the house and goes immediately over to there. Right. But you know, it's it's this this is an interesting part for me because me too. every me too. one of the neighbors that they interviewed essentially described her 
as annoying, right? Like that yeah. she was just a lot that like she didn't have great hygiene, that they didn't overly trust right. her. She's walking into people's apartments, which is weird behavior. I mean, it's 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 out of the normal behavior. And so you do kind of feel bad for the neighbors. Like they <laughs> don't they don't know who she is. They don't you know she's they're trying to get to know her. I think they feel bad for her. They they're think she's 22, by the way. Right. And just like it is essentially so lonely that she just wants friends, but they well, also don't think it's their responsibility to, t- to handle and it's her either. not. It's not. Some neighbors are sympathetic to her disabilities, but others kind of grow tired of her, especially when, you know, I think one of her neighbors, who's like an older woman and a grandmother, said that one day Natalia was just like in the house rummaging through food while her grandsons were playing video games. And I'm like, a couple of things happened to me in this episode. This was definitely a turning point episode for me because what I took from that information, and I think this is my true crime investigator hat, I think maybe coming on to me, is that I just saw a person, no matter her age, that was hungry, number one. I mean, yeah. it sounds like she was hungry a lot and probably didn't know how to prepare food for herself because even if she wanted to, everything is at normal, typical Well, that's, that's what I was level. about to get to. Like, she's in an apartment by herself. She's three feet tall. Yeah, like, she like, can't keep that cook in on mind. a stove. Like, she, she can't cook on a stove. She can't read cabinets. She can't wash her hands. She can't reach a shower head. She like, couldn't take her clothes off even, one guy was mentioning, to change right, her clothing. Like, this is... This yeah, is not a full fledged adult, or if it is, this is not someone who is capable right now of living on their own Precisely outside of being that. an assisted living facility. So you start to feel so horrible for her. Yeah, because, and you know, it's such a contrast from episode two, because episode two, you're like, oh my God, she's a kill. She could potentially kill. She needs to get out of the house. She's like, she has psychiatric problems. And then by episode, by the end of episode three, I remember thinking, I, regardless of what happens after this episode, I feel very bad for how this human being has entered this life and has had to fend for themselves with nobody on their, on her side. Uh, Absolutely. And the elderly neighbor also describes how, like, again, Natalia's coming out of these boys, you know, she's being sexual. She's, you know, rolling around with them, you know, with men, which is very, you know, it's such a weird, I don't really know what an opinion to have about it because, and we'll get to it at the end with yeah. where I think it's going to yeah. go. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to talk about it. It's a little haphazard, but like, it doesn't seem like a yeah. six-year-old would do that. It's so easy to believe. If I was on a jury, it's just so easy to go down that road being like, this person's right. not six years old. I think we're at that point as well. Or and nine, I, you know, at this point. Whatever she is at that point. Right. That's right. Um, well, nonetheless, as a result of the complaints, the building uh, will not renew her lease. We hear from the building manager. That's basically like a year later. They're like, if we have more than three complaints, we can opt out of renewing your lease. I was a little bit like, well, OK, do we believe every one of these complaints? You know, like, did all this stuff actually happen or or did the neighborhood neighbors kind of get together and say, we need her out of here. So make sure you right, like what's give the your legality complaint. of that. Yeah, like, like something feels off about that personally. But anyway, yeah. um, I think, you know, what I kind of gathered if I had lived in this neighborhood, in yeah. my opinion, was just like, I feel really bad that this is going down and I don't want to be mean, but I also don't want to deal with it. Exactly. And it's not anyone's, by the way, it's nobody's burden to deal with. 
what what is definitely happening though is there's a complete abandonment of responsibility for this person's well-being and that is where i think we'll get into in the second half of the series and you know what's interesting thing here and we're definitely going to go into the rest of the series which i think is a really interesting thing michael is showing iphone footage of him talking to natalia basically being like you're lying where did you get those donuts where did you get this and she's just like a neighbor and he's like natalia you're not going to get anything unless you like behave accordingly like he's treating her very sternfully which we don't really know why you know and she's like because i was hungry like she seems Right. She either seems so innocent or she seems so, so psychopathological yeah. right. that she's like not giving him anything and knows exactly what he's doing. And that's the weird thing about this series is it just yeah. splits right down the center. And this is why my opinion of this has changed throughout everything. So <laughs> we have to get to the second half of this episode, uh, this um, series, series. It just blows my mind. Well, what happens at the end of this episode is Christine then decides to take Natalia to Lafayette, Indiana. This is all according to Michael, by the way, whether or not Christine herself decided that we don't know, but this is according to the documentary um, to Lafayette, Indiana, to a new apartment uh, on the second floor, no less. Imagine being a little person three feet tall with dysplasia and having to walk up. Every step is like every step is a hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and by the way, spoiler alert, the family's moving to Canada. So it's going to be really, uh, Natalia by herself, um, uh, you know, really kind of fending for herself. Um, so that's where we're going to leave it for this, for this moment. Uh, we are doing a part two of this just for Patreon. So if you want to hear our thoughts about where this crazy ass story ends, you can go. And our opinion of it. I'm curious to see the same opinion. That's right. Uh, You can head over to Patreon. It's available right now. We're releasing both of these episodes at the exact same time. You can click the link in our show notes right now and you can go directly to the episode on Patreon. Um, There's a lot, you know, if you haven't watched the episode and you're just listening along about what, or I'm sorry, the series and you're just listening along, it gets somehow even crazier. Crazier. Every episode is just like, the fuck am I watching? Oh um, my god, yes. But we have to end this episode, of course, uh, as we normally do with some listener That's shout right. outs, John. So why don't you get to the first one? That's right. And by the way, listen, let us know what you think, you know, about this. Hit us up at jthrasher at Carpe Darren, our Facebook group, our Patreon. I gotta know what you guys think Yeah, we it. really want to know because the entire time I'm also texting my friend, my, my friend Brittany about everything that's going on and I made her watch it and we had a long conversation about it. It's one of those documentaries that you can talk to your friends. I still don't know what friends. the fuck I think. You don't, don't know, know what, what you're going to think. And you can talk to your friends about it because you just never know. It's very water cooler. Let's put it that way. Anyway, very listener shout outs. I wanted to give a little shout out to uh, a Patreon member named C Little One who says, LOL, John, don't it's worry. It's actually C Lil. Lil One. Excuse yeah. me. You're right. Lil One. L-I-L. She says, uh, I think it's a she. She says, LOL, John, don't worry. Us Pokemon players understand. And she is referencing my obsession with winning a a Squirtle. We posted a clip, a video clip of our NMR episode last week where I talk about winning Squirtle. So go check that out. A rock hard Squirtle. A rock hard Squirtle. Someone agreed with me that the fact that you can say Squirtle so easily enough, vagina is funny. And you were like, if vagina was a Pokemon, I would not catch them all. And I I was like, all of a sudden I would be going to Pokemon. Yes, suddenly. Yeah. You're going to the go fest to catch all of them. That's for sure. That's a hundred percent sure. Well, Philip on Patreon said when he put Squirtle's booty into the mic, I was like, what the fuck kind of ASMR kink (laughs) is this? 
That's right. I was trying to, for those who don't know, I was trying to demonstrate that the squirtle that I want at the beach is full of styrofoam. And so I was- squirtle booty, obviously. Yeah, I was trying to punch his booty into the microphone and Philip found it uh, bizarre, of course. But anyway, um, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, You can join in on the fun on Patreon too, by the way, because what other rock hard Pokemon may I bring on to the camera? I don't know. Darren, how can people uh, join in on the fun? Well, you can join us for as little as $5 a month. In fact, you get the second half of this episode if you join today right. or anytime you can kind of listen to it. Links in the show description or just go to patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. Maybe there's more vagina talk on Patreon. We don't know. We don't know. We actually but, uh, do know. We actually do we know. We do and know, but I'm not going to give you any spoilers on that one. Let's put it that way. John is a uh, Squirtle McFurtle and he can't <laughs> say vagina, vagina. So he's... You know, yeah, guys, yeah. even even on Patreon, John is still a vagina. I just want you to know, something like, it's like, like that. that's not going to change. That's something not like changing. That. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. But we do also want to say thank you to Megan, of course, because she's such a huge part of each week's episode. So one, two, three. Thanks, thanks Megan. Megan. And we will be back next week with an all new case. But again, if you want to listen to our wrap up of the Natalia Grace episode, head over to Patreon and support us there. We really, really appreciate and love and really respect everybody who can help us uh, support the show on Patreon. It really does go a long way. We have bills yeah. to pay here, so we really do and, appreciate it. And obviously, no pressure. Like if if, yeah. you, if you can't, like we're just happy that you guys listen and you guys participate. So, but if you can't, also we're probably going to show up to your house. So give us money is essentially what we're trying to say. Shameless plug here. Shameless but, plug. Uh, Check your freshies. Check your freshies and let us know what you guys think of the Curious Case of Natalia Grace. And we'll get to that second half of the episode on Patreon right now. Check your freshies. Check your brake pads without pants. Remember, you don't need a penis. Bye. (laughs) 